want to thank you for joining us today on Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio preaching ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're in the middle of a series called Holy Spirit in Me, Our Relationship Unleashed. And today we're going to listen to the first part of a message called Filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's learn from God's Word together. We're continuing this series on the Holy Spirit. Uh, The title of this series is Holy Spirit in Me, Our Relationship Unleashed. We believe that the Spirit uh, is a person. It's not just a force, it's a person. And how are we to relate to the Holy Spirit, especially in light of what Jesus said about the importance of the Holy Spirit? Now, Ephesians 5.18 says that every believer is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a command. It's a promise. It's a gift. It's expected to be continuous. It's in every way good. It's not a part of coming to know the Lord. When someone comes to know the Lord, they have the Holy Spirit, all the Holy Spirit. But there's a part of that goes beyond that into our Christian life called being filled with the Holy Spirit. We know it's good. We know it's continuous. We know it's imperative. And what is it? Anybody ever felt like that before? I I know that God's telling me something here. It's got to be important, but what do I do with that? And my hope is that by the end of today, that we will walk out of here with a clear sense of what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But more than that, more than just knowing what it means, that God will begin to use this truth from God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit in our lives as never before. Now we're going to first look at an example. I love to see in Scripture when God illustrates exactly what He's asking for. And then we're going to look at four questions And what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? I don't know about you, but I come to this text with some questions. What does it mean? Maybe you're thinking the same thing. Uh, We're going to see that in the text. The title of the message is Filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, God wants His church filled with the Holy Spirit. God wants your life filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? Let's go to Acts chapter 4, verse 1. Obviously, this text begins with a context. Uh, The context is that uh, right after Pentecost, the Holy Spirit had come down on the church. They were filled with the Spirit. They all had the Spirit in them. And uh, so a couple days later, Peter goes out with John, and they were going into the temple. And they saw this beggar, this lame beggar, uh, sitting by the way asking for money. And Peter turned to him and said, in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. And this lame beggar, who had been lame for 40 years was healed. Well, that gripped everyone, and they were like, whoa, you, you see that? You see? And they all, they were gathered together, and Peter preached a message and told them um, the gospel, and he preached the gospel to them. And as they were preaching away, uh, you'd think everybody was really excited. But as we know, not everyone is excited about what God is doing. And uh, so let's join this whole event uh, right in the middle of it. Now look at chapter 4, verse 1 says, And as they were uh, speaking, as Peter and John were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them greatly annoyed because of the fact that they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. Many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. Verse 5. And on the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem 
with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them, Peter and John, in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Now, look up here for a minute. Pause for a moment. Put yourself in John and Peter's shoes. You're, you have all these important people. All of the major Jews are staring at you. Talk about an inquisition. Now, I don't know what John and Peter were thinking about the night before. Keep in mind, they were in jail overnight. They knew what was coming. Keep in mind that Jesus himself had been crucified just a few weeks before this. They knew what was at stake. They knew the intensity that would be coming at them. And I happen to think that they were praying pretty hard at that time. Now, how many of us at this moment with this question beaming right at you, I must have been a little bit nervous, a little anxious maybe? Like, well, well, would you just go light? Would just kind of, you know, let's just have a little conversation here. We were just going to, well, let's look what Peter does, not what Peter does. It says, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, why don't you underline that? That's exactly what we're talking about today. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, ouch, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, uh, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. And there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. No, 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 Peter, settle down here. Come on, be a little more seeker sensitive, you know, kind of be, kind of play along here. Is that what he does? No, he is filled with this spirit. This is the same Peter, mind you, that just a few weeks before, when he was approached by a young girl, denied knowing Jesus Christ. And when he wasn't busy denying Jesus Christ, he was busy, if you read the Gospels, sticking his foot in his mouth. I love Peter. I always feel great when I read about Peter. I'm like, well, at least I didn't say that. <laughs> right? That's Peter for you. But then there's Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you, if you're here today and sometimes you feel like, you know what, I'm just an average sort of person, and boy, I can identify with Peter, and I can. I stick my foot in my mouth. I don't always have the right thing to say. I try to make a joke, and it's not funny by the time it comes out. And, I, and you want me to witness for Jesus Christ? Yeah, well, that's you. But then there's you that can be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what we're talking about today. You can be filled with the Spirit. God can use you in ways far beyond what you think or could even ask. Now look at verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, just like you and I, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. How many of us would love that to be said about us? I don't know about you, I don't know about you or this or that about you, but I know that that person has been around Jesus Christ. That's awesome. 
verse 14. But seeing the man who is healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. I love what one commentator said. He said, the irony can scarcely be missed. Uh, The accused spoke with utter boldness and freedom. Their accusers sat in stony silence. That is the Holy Spirit working. Love that. Verse 15. But when they commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What should we do with this man? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I don't don't know. I mean, what are we going to say? We can't lie about it because everybody knows about it. But we can't have them keep doing the same thing. I don't know. What, what would you have said if you were in that place? It says, for that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all who are inhabitants of Jerusalem. We cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you Rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. When they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them, because the people, they were all praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. Why don't you jot this down in your notes? The helper the Holy Spirit. I said the helper is the best definition for the Holy Spirit. In the Trinity, we have God the Father, the first member of the Trinity. We have Jesus Christ. If we had one word, the Savior. If we were looking at the Spirit, the Spirit is our helper. That's the functional role he plays in our life and in our relationship with him. Now, I want you to stop here for a second and again, think back to what Peter and John were thinking about. How is it that these men who were so intimidated, who ran away from Jesus Christ under pressure, how is it that they've changed so much? I was thinking about this, and think about the long night they had in prison. I don't know if they were like Paul and Silas and were singing. I don't know if they were, I'm sure they were praying. I wonder if they started to think, what am I going to say next? Have Have you ever done that? You know that a big opportunity is coming up. You're going to see the in-laws and uh, you know there's going to be somebody there that's not a believer and you're like, what am I going to say to them? And what if they come after me and you're a crazy Christian, aren't you? And, and I, what am I going to say to them? What am I going to say to them? Well, I think that's what John and Peter felt. But you know, like I told you last week, the Spirit is our guide and our teacher. And I have to think that, if you remember, Jesus said that the Spirit would bring his words back to their minds I happen to think that they were thinking of Matthew 10, where Jesus had told them, you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. And when they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. That's God's heart for us when we're filled with the Spirit. It's not us with the force. It's us with God's Spirit working through us. And I hope you can understand the importance of this. Uh, Many of us try to live our lives in our own strength. So we try to speak in our own strength, try to do the Christian life in our own strength. That's why many of us and all of us 
run into barriers and get tired. And God, why is this not going? It's because we're not filled with the Spirit. This is Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church. You know, I love that you're listening to Meeting with God, but I got a question for you. Are you doing the Christian life in isolation? At Vertical Church Columbus, we live out biblical community, not only through our weekend services, but also in grace groups. These small groups meet across the city weekly to encourage one another and care for one another and study God's word together. You know, if you don't have Christians around you in your journey with Christ, let me invite you to Vertical Church. Go to verticalchurch.life. Peter and John go back to all the others, and now they're walking back and walking into the house, and I'm sure everybody was a little shook up. But look at verse 23 and what comes next. It says, When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord who made heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, this is Psalm chapter 2, Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you appointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord... Look upon their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. When they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. What does it say? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. I hope you can see the importance of the filling of the Spirit, not just on an individual, but also on a group, on a church. Now, this is not a second Pentecost, as one man writes. Uh, They had already received the Spirit. What they received here in verse 31 was a fresh filling, a renewed awareness of the Spirit's power and presence in their life and witness, a fresh endowment of power for witness that would continue. Listen, the Believers here, now about 5,000, could have just very easily succumbed to fear. Well, we, you know, we'll just have little people over to our house. We'll kind of keep it hush-hush. We're not, we, don't, we don't want to stir up the, we don't stir the pot up anymore. None of us wants to go to jail. None of us wants to. Lord, just protect us today. And I believe me, I believe in praying for protection. But I love what they prayed here. God, give us the strength to be bold and to do what we've done, and to continue to do it no matter what the cost. I'm telling you, God loves hearing prayers like that. And he answered immediately, and it says that the Spirit filled them with power, and they became a community not controlled by fear. What if, what if this, what if that? They became a a, a community focused on, yeah, yeah, what if, but what if God? What if God continued to speak through us? What if all those other people down my block came to know Jesus Christ? What if they found forgiveness and salvation and their eyes were focused on what God wanted accomplished? Love that. Let me ask you this question. What would be different about your life if you were filled with the Holy Spirit? Just think for a second. What would be different about your life, about your witness, 
about your family life, about your marriage, about how you raise your kids, about how you care for your parents? What would be different if you were completely filled with the Holy Spirit? I tend to think that most of us wouldn't know what exactly that would look like. God doesn't want you ignorant about that. God doesn't want you wondering and wondering all the way to heaven. God wants us to be filled with the Spirit so we can see what can happen. How many of us would like to see what it's like to be filled with the Spirit? Amen? Well, maybe you're seeing this story, and you maybe in the back of your mind, you're thinking, but Pastor Luke, that's great and all, and I love this example of Peter. Maybe he's even your hero, and you're like, that, the Peter thing is awesome. I'm sure John, he was cool too. But I'm just an average Christian. Like, how would God actually use me? I mean, really? Do you think really God wants, do you think God even cares about filling me with the Spirit? I think we've all thought that at times. Even pastors think things like that. We think, God, do you really want to use me? Is it, is it a big deal? Do you, God, I can't see your plan from heaven. I, I mean, I, I, listen, God doesn't want us there. God wants us to be filled with the Spirit. God wants us to see his will for our lives, which we'll never see until we walk in obedience and simply live out our faith and embrace the Spirit and ask for the filling of the Spirit. Then it becomes an adventure. I'm telling you, the apostles weren't like, oh, sweet, we're going to go to the temple today. We're going we're to get this dude healed. Then we're going to preach his awesome message. 2,000 people are going to join the church. And then we get to go to jail. And then we, they, they weren't thinking like that. All that they were focused on was being filled with the Spirit and walking in obedience. And hey, I, I can do that. You can do that. We can do that. Why don't you turn over to Ephesians chapter 5. Keep a finger in Acts 4. We're going to come back here in a minute. But go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Ephesians 5, verse 18. Lest we should think that this is only for the elite Christians or the great Christians. Paul's writing the letter to the Ephesians, to the whole church, to people just like us. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 says... And do not, he's going through a whole list of things. Uh, I'll start in verse 15. He says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Here's verse 18. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But here it is. But be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Addressing, or the word is actually speaking to one another in Psalms. Very interesting what Peter prayed to the Lord. Did you notice that in Acts chapter 4? What did he speak to the Lord in? In a psalm. In a psalm. Speaking to one another in psalms and in hymns and in spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Go back to verse 18. It says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled. Now, this is an imperative. This is not God's asking you, um, hey, would you like to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Or, um, hey, have you ever thought about being filled with the Holy Spirit? What's imperative? Be filled. Be filled. It's like what I tell my kids. I don't ask them, hey, what do you think about cleaning your room? <laughs> or, I've, I've noticed your room. What do you think about cleaning your room? Or, wouldn't it be great if you cleaned your room? No, what do I say? Clean your room. Now it would be great. <laughs> Yesterday would have been better, but now it would be great. And this is what God is speaking to us. 
be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's an imperative. Now, how does this play out? Just think about this. Um, If I were to ask you, what is the point of the Christian life? Many people are confused about that. I think some Christians think the goal of the Christian life is to be a better Christian, to do better, to, to, I don't know, just be better, whatever that, I mean, like, like Scripture says, to be like more like Jesus Christ, to be better. Okay, I, I'm going to say um, the goal of the Christian life is not to be better. The goal of the Christian life is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will lead you into holiness in a way that you could never do trying to grasp in your own strength to be better. And I hope that comes to you as a relief. Some of us are trying so hard. And I realize that the process of sanctification and the process of walking in the Spirit has some work involved. I'm I'm great with that. But the goal of the Christian life is to be filled with the Spirit, to walk by the Spirit, as Paul says, to be led by the Spirit, to live in the Spirit. Let's look at four questions on being filled with the Holy Spirit. I hope maybe some of these questions are yours. If they're not, just be like, well, I guess pastor has lots of questions. Um, I'm hoping, I'm thinking of you when I'm putting these together. what, What are we thinking about as we're thinking about the filling of the Holy Spirit? Here's the first question. What is the filling of the Holy Spirit? What is this feeling? I mean, all that stuff you said, Pastor, is good and well, but what is it? Can you, can you give me a sense? What is this filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, let me give you a counterexample for a second. I think I really had to wrestle with this, okay? Some things are easy in the text. Some things are not easy in the text. And I really had to wrestle with this. I think that's why a lot of Christians, uh, maybe it's just me, but I think a lot of Christians wrestle with this, what is the ministry of the Holy Spirit? What is this filling thing? And I'll tell you, Christians go a lot of different directions in this. Let me give you this example. The opposite of being filled. Sometimes it's easier to see the opposite. You ever thought of that? Well, I I don't know what that is, but I can tell you what that's not, okay? It's, It's like this. I don't think I've ever had or overheard a wife say, ever. You know, I just... I love my husband. I, I just, I wish he was more full of himself. I just wish he was more full. I mean, just consumed with himself. He's just so nice and loving, but if only he was more filled with himself, full of himself, he'd just be such a better husband. I don't think I've ever heard that. Or maybe some of the teens here, you know, here, sir, you have your friends and you're like, yeah, my friend is full of it. And, and the it is not great. Full of himself, full of his own schedule, full of his own ideas, wants to do this. Full of, but not full of anything particularly nice or spiritual. Okay, I think we understand what it means to be full of something else. But now let's transition to the Holy Spirit. What if someone were the opposite of that? What if someone were full of and consumed by and dialed into with their mind on, as Romans says, mind on the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Spirit, I think in a very clear sense, is simply to be filled with God. Filled with God. Now, I realize that the Holy Spirit comes into you at salvation. He's fully in there. He's not like one foot in, one foot out. He's in there. But there's something different about a Christian whose life is dominated, consumed by, captivated by, full of God. My prayer for us, I believe God's will for us, is to be full of God. 
You might be like, well, pastor, where did you get that? How did you transition from full of the Spirit to full of God? Let me show you. If your hand's in Ephesians chapter 5, just look over the page uh, to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. Commentators believe these two passages are connected. And I believe in chapter 5, he's already have written chapter 3. He's thinking about this. Paul says in verse 14 of chapter 3, of Ephesians, he says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, enabling you so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Here it is. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's God's heart for you. Remember, the Spirit is not coming giving you content. The Spirit is is a channel of what the Father has for us and what Jesus Christ has for us. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio. Vertical Church exists to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission and the spirit of the Great Commandment by making disciples of Jesus Christ. If you live in Columbus and currently do not have a church home, we would love to invite you to worship with us. Our worship services meet at our church home at 1290 Old Henderson Road. Our church family is warm, loving, and would be so happy to meet you. If you currently do not have a place to worship this weekend, would you join us? As always, thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week for your Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.